I'm Tyler. I'm JT. I'm Craig. And we're breaking down another horror movie on Scared Smithless. We have uh, is bitten by a werewolf and lives, becomes a werewolf himself. Not time for one more story. I bid you welcome. Sometimes that is better. He came home. They're coming to get you, Barbara. I see dead people. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains in. an excellent day for an exorcism. On today's episode, 2015, the found footage horror film, Hell House LLC. As far as found footage films go, it was pretty well done. Well, I found this one. This is a hidden gem, big time, because I found this one kind of by accident. I was just kind of this is a, a shutter surfing shutter, shutter original. Yeah, yeah, and um, I landed on this kind of randomly. This is not one we've gotten a lot of requests about, but again, it's 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 a hidden gem. I enjoyed this one a lot. I looked it up after I kind of found it on Shutter, and it actually had gotten good reviews, although not very many, which intrigued me enough to watch it. The FBI didn't, like the Federal Bureau of Investigation made this film? No. No. Oh. It's the name of a production company. Well, they better be an LLC because they could definitely get sued by the government. <laughs> so this is... Uh, I didn't think it was that old. It was 2015, though. Yep. Um, so this one's been out for a while. Six mm-hmm. years old when this one came out. Um, obviously, the name Hell House LLC is... Yeah. Different. Licensing issues. Right. So... It connects. I mean, it works. Yep. wanted to get into maybe some less mainstream horror films. We've talked about that a lot. Not necessarily just hitting horror movies that everyone's heard of. We like to... Dive into some of these less known ones or some that have maybe a cult following but aren't mainstream as it were. Yeah. This is definitely a, one of those. Yeah. This is this is one to check out. If you're if you're a found footage fan, even if you're not found footage fan, I wouldn't certainly wouldn't call myself a, a huge fan of the found footage style, but um I thought this was this was well made and it, it made sense for it to be found footage. Like I feel like this wouldn't have been nearly as effective if it wasn't found footage. Right, I agree with that. But some of the found <clears> footage <throat> I've seen on the internet, pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of sites are you on when you're finding these found footage films, John Tell? Uh, well, they're not always directed by Stephen Cognetti. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Some movies are found footage, and it's like, why? 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 There's no point. That you're cheap production, <laughs> cheaper <laughs> production, I guess, to make it found footage, and it didn't right. need to be found footage. Um, it's a little bit confusing. You have to watch it a couple times to kind of pick up on everything. It jumps around a lot. It definitely does that, but that adds to it as well. Cause you find out things as you go that you, it makes you look at what you just saw differently, right. if that makes sense. Well, it's I was set up like, like there's a bunch of tapes that were found yeah. that it's were a, given. Well, and so I think that, that had to do with some of the jumping around as they're kind of piecing the tapes together. This is one of the best found footage films I have seen as far as what was like a big one was Blair Witch and you right. Blair Witch is what Bla- yeah. is, the Blair Witch of- project is what really took off the found footage genre and so many have tried and most I would wager have the, failed at the only one that's come close to this was that probably the first paranormal activity agreed 
But like if you put Blair Witch, Paranormal Activity One, and this, th- this will beat both of them out. Now this is a this is far from a perfect movie. It's got. I was scared the entire time. I was <laughs> yeah. like literally like on the edge of my seat. Yeah. It it I mean it's there's there's some plot holes and there's some things at the end that are a little silly, but um as far as atmosphere, the way that it's set up, it makes you want to it hooks you right at the beginning and you spend basically within the first 5 minutes of the movie it definitely makes you want to know what happens. This is where the, and I'm admittedly a fan of the slow burn, but this is how you make a slow burn work when you set it up from the beginning with something that catches the audience's attention right away and then you get more into the let's see what, what led, led up, up to, to that right and even though that is a slow burn and there's a lot happening that isn't scary necessarily you know eventually what happened right because you already established that at the beginning of the movie and you're like okay at some point it's about to go off the rails right you know we've always kind of handled this podcast as you know warning of spoilers if you don't know by now, we definitely spoil every movie that we cover. Yes. Um, but You know, if you're blind, you love us. <laughs> we paint a perfect picture. Yeah. I have found out a lot of people that listen to our podcast and podcasts like ours, they don't have any intention of watching the movie, particularly the horror genre. That's why the horror genre is so polarizing, if that's the right word, because you've got your horror fans, right, that love horror movies, and then you've got people that don't like horror movies and don't want to watch horror movies, but at the same time, they're intrigued by the genre. They want to know what happens. I had a person I talked to recently that listens to our podcast and was telling me that they don't watch any, they they hate watching horror movies. It gives them nightmares, but they said the same thing. They said, but I I want to know, (laughs) I want to know, but it's interesting. I always find myself wanting to know what happens. My My wife hates horror movies, but she always, Anytime I'm talking about a horror movie to her, she's always, whether she cares to admit it or not, she kind of wants to know what happens. Well, she saw the first three minutes of Mama. (laughs) (laughs) She eventually watched the whole thing. And then she walked out of the theater. (laughs) You guys left me in the trenches taking grenades. (laughs) Whereas my wife, the home screen for the DVD popped up on our DVD player and she closed her eyes and waited for me to get back from the bathroom to turn it off. (laughs) Oh, she... Beat you with a pillowcase full of bars of soap before she'd watch these movies. <laughs> yes, she would. So, whether you are someone who loves horror movies like we do, and see, I'll admit, up through high school, I didn't like horror movies. Now, my my some of my closest friends in high school were big horror movie fans, and so they would drag me to the theater to watch these movies, and I'd usually watch them like with my eyes half closed, watch what I could stomach of them. But I was that kind of person that even though I didn't like watching horror movies, I always found myself like wanting to know what happened in a horror movie. Like I'd see a preview for a movie and be like, I have no intention of watching right. that, but I very much want to know what, what yeah, happens. Yeah, Someone did something stupid and didn't turn back when they should have. <laughs> I don't know exactly when, but I would say probably through high school. By the time I, I, I know that by the time I was in college, I, I definitely became more of a fan of actually watching horror movies. But I've found out that a lot of people are, even as adults, like I was when I was younger, not wanting to watch horror movies, but they're still intrigued by the genre. They're still interested in the stories. Of, and that's what I think makes horror so polarizing. Because even people that don't like horror kind of still have that. Like, I don't like romantic comedies. I also don't care at all what happens in a romantic comedy. Why? I don't have any intention of watching it, nor do I care to know what the plot is or what happens oh. at the end. 
Yeah. I, f- I feel like horror is different to people, though, that people, even people that aren't fans of horror movies, they still want to know what happens. I, I've always loved horror movies. I do see that from from people, yes. Like, I think I, I yeah. notice it more because it's it's absolutely how I was I've never, when I was younger. ever in my life wanted to see the movie You Got Mail. Never. <laughs> right. Not only do you not want to see it, you don't care to know what the plot no. is. No. So, whether you are a fan of horror movies like us and you love watching it and you want to tune into our podcast to get our take on the movie and see if it matches up with what you thought, or you are someone who has no intention of watching horror movies because you like having happy dreams, but you're still intrigued enough that you want to know what happens, this is the place for you. Yep. We welcome all kinds. We don't discriminate. So all are welcome. I, I, I notice most of the time that we say, hey, go watch the movie before you listen to our podcast. Well, a lot of people, they just they, they aren't going to do that. They don't want to watch the movie, and that's totally fine. That's what we're here for. We'll paint the picture, and we'll let you guys know what happens, and you don't have to watch it. We'll do the, we'll do the legwork for you, and then we're going to spill the beans. You're welcome. Anyway, so let's jump into this thing. Like I said, 2015. I don't know much about this um, director other than his name. Yeah, he hasn't done a lot. These are all no-name actors, which right. um, to me, especially in the found footage genre, I think you're better off going with no-name actors. Oh, no-name actors. Okay. Oh, right. no-name. Okay, but but in this one, at least, this actually spawned two sequels, believe it or not. Um, Ketten have been the same actors and actresses, right? Well, there's flashbacks and, and different oh, okay. things, so they, uh, they kind of reappear. They're... Uh, they're not good. They're not no, worth covering. Well, we'll, we'll talk about them a yeah. little bit, I think, as we go through this one. This one was definitely unless they the are best. requested. We are not covering those. No, They're I just, didn't even make it through the third no. one. The second one was I did the rough. The, I did it for you guys. Craig uh, sent me a text for the. I listener. believe his response about the sequels was garbage city. Well, yes. there's two hours of my life I'm not getting back. That's two movies, so yeah. more like three or three. four hours. Yeah. No, the first one was definitely definitely. Yeah, so edge on the edge. You're, you know, check out the sequels, judge for yourself. But apparently, there is a director's cut of this movie. Yes, of the original. I have not seen that. I have not either. We are covering. It's over two hours. Right. Yes, we are covering the. I want to say the theatrical cut, but it was not released in theaters. The original. The original cut. Right. Understand the setup is part of how the the plot is is non-linear. So what we start off with is. I think we get script on the screen that talks about a tragedy that occurred during a uh, opening night of a haunted house attraction in upstate New York. Where 15 people died. Yeah, 15 people died that was, under mysterious circumstances. Well, that's just a good haunted house. what was it? Seven of them were not found? Yeah, well, I think we find that out later. But yeah, yeah it, it's uh, the the entire staff of the of the haunt. So that's... Hell House LLC, if you hadn't picked up on it yet, is the name of the company that sets up these haunted attractions. Um, it's a group of five, uh, four guys yeah, and a girl. Like that, two that, business partners and two uh, right. underlings they and run, a They run the company that sets up these, I'll call them haunts, right? Um, just like you'd see around Halloween time. How much money are you grossing doing something? I wonder like that, that, too. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, you know. Like, because that's only like I imagine right, it would so vary year to September, year. the end of September. Because you're putting money into this, but it's not like it's going on year round. I mean, you got right. what, like a month of you're not grossing profit. that. You're not grossing a year's salary. There's no, I, I can't imagine that you are when you factor in expenses. And um, you know what? This has to be a side gig. 
You would think uh, so, but yeah. then how do you? I mean, they they spend like two months here setting this thing up. That's true. Anyway, so trust fund. That's the only way that this happens, would work. And and this is we just get clips of um, a documentary that they're making about the tragedy that happened at this haunt. So the only video evidence that's been made public is um, some like camera video, phone phone video of um, some visitors to the to the haunted house on opening night where they're kind of being led through the haunted house. They start going down to the basement and they can't go any further. And what they realize is there's people screaming trying to come back up. And what makes it confusing is if you've ever been to one of these before, there's always people screaming. That's right. So you don't so, even know. Right. Is this supposed to happen? It's, you know, so there's a lot of that. So there's very, very little, if any, information on what happened. They've chalked it up to some kind of major malfunction. You right. see, really you see lights have. flashing in the basement, I but guess. you don't really know right. but again, what's going on. They could be part of the show. Exactly. So there is a documentary crew, which consists of Diane, John, and Mitchell that are kind of putting the pieces together, trying to figure out what happened, obviously, but also why no one, including the police, releasing any more information on what happened. I don't even know any case where that where that's even a thing, even after, unless it was the JFK shooting. Huh. Right? <laughs> They're not, still trying to figure that thing out. Right. Oh, they Back know. and they to know. the left. Yeah. Back <laughs> and to the left. He said it was a grassy knoll. <laughs> Something about a, a, a second magic bullet. Uh, I don't know. That's yes. Yeah. No, I heard it was Jackie Kennedy. She like, like <laughs> it was under her jacket. <laughs> That's funny. They're talking to different people from around the town, the small town of Abaddon, New York, which that name comes into play later, in the Abaddon Hotel, which is where this haunted attraction was set up. It is a hotel that closed in the 80s, and... This group, Hellhouse LLC, is, I guess they lease the place? I don't really know how that would work. But they have bought the rights to set up this year's attraction inside of this hotel. Which is an ingenious idea when you think about it. I mean, it can be. I, I think that, well, the, 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 this documentary crew is interviewing several people from around town, getting information about, so we find out that the person that owned the hotel after it closed in the 80s under mysterious circumstances i think a woman and her child went missing and were never found he was cleared of the, the, the of, owner yes the owner was cleared of any wrongdoing cuz this was the last place they were seen he was cleared but it was bad for business the hotel eventually closed and he committed suicide in the hotel that's intense october 8 2009 is the opening night when the tragedy happened um since then it's been boarded up. No one's allowed in. They talk to a photographer. I guess he's like a freelance journalist who was able to break in and took a bunch of pictures. And one of the things that he got photos of was there what looks to be blood in several places in the house, which to him proved that it wasn't one of the rumors was that there was a, a gas leak, which is what led to the people dying. Was it mustard gas? But he said, obviously, no <laughs> <Right>. one believed. <laughs> right. No one believed that anyway. But certainly when there's – but again, if they're setting it up as a haunted house and there's still all the stuff that's left behind, because that's part of it too, is there's all – basically the haunted attraction is still set up here. So anyone that goes in there is still going to come across, you know, 
dummies and scary stuff that's in there because it's all obviously been left in there because after this whole thing happened and it's a crime show scene. up right and the footage that they do have um everybody basically is, is getting evacuated after they realize something's going down when they can't get down to the basement everybody's trying to get out they end up running out they get let outside and there's already police and ambulances and things pulling up there's a 911 call that got released as well um where you just kind of hear this weird Weird sounds in the background while a woman's voice is saying, you need to send someone to the Abaddon Hotel. Um, and they're kind of breaking up as they're talking, but something about in the walls and um, they're going to kill us or something. something okay. Lines, so. I, I'm, I'm grateful for all the police officers out there because there's no way if I was in the force, I'm a coward to an extent. <laughs> I'm not going to that call. No. Oh, no. There are beans crawling in the, not, not, not <laughs> beans. Like other not big beans. Like entities are crawling through the wall. I'm not responding. Well, tell the people inside <laughs> if they can get out and across the street, I'll do my best to help them. <laughs> right. I will be the one yep. on the other side of that door in the squad car with my gun pointed. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm if not, anything comes out of that building that has horns. It's not human. <laughs> I'm unloading. No, I, I I'll I'll I will get I'll get put on leave. I don't care. So so somehow they get the photographer said he got pictures of the stairs leading down to the basement, but he admitted that he didn't even actually go to the basement. He stood to the side and held his camera around the corner to the open doorway and snapped a few pictures. What a chicken. And looking at those pictures, you do see what looks to be a bloody handprint, I yeah, think. It's like a bloody handprint sliding stairs. down the stairs. I stand corrected. Yeah. And um and <laughs> he and he says, yeah, I was I've, he said I've I've been in some pretty scary situations in my career. I've gone some, to where some, I'd piss my pants. I've gone, yeah, <laughs> I've gone to some pretty horrible places, but he said there was nothing that was going to get me to go down to that basement. So again, as you can see, there's already a setup. It had me hooked. Definitely. I'm like, okay, so what happened? So then they they got contacted by one of the remaining staff members. So the five staff members, the girl is the only one that's still around. And no oh, one has, of the LLC? Yes. Okay. And no one has heard from her since this happened. She basically went AWOL and pops up out of nowhere, reaching out to this documentary crew, saying that she's willing to do an interview. Sarah? Yep, Sarah Havel. So they sit down and they do an interview with her, and she's very... She looks off. Anxiety. Uh, she just She's just kind of staring off into space most of the time. She looks like she's catatonic almost. Someone uh, that's gone through trauma. Oh, yeah. PTSD. And at this yeah. point, we're like supposed to be, what, several years removed, like five or six years removed from- Somewhere around there. Yeah, the tragedy. So she's, you know, they're asking her questions. What can you tell us? And she's being very vague. Where, where have you been? And she says, oh, I- Traveled the world. You know, <laughs> what she say? She went home or something. Yeah. She's been living at home. She says, you know, she joined people, a street gang. That'd be awesome. <laughs> an, under, part of the an underground fight club. <laughs> yeah. That explains the marks. <laughs> they ask her, why haven't you, you come forward? Why haven't, you know, why, why have you waited till now? And she, she, again, is being vague and says something along the lines of, well, people, people wouldn't want the real story. They don't want to know the real story of what happened in there. So Which isn't like, well, true. What actually happened? And she gets out this, uh, like a burlap sack, it looks like. Yeah. And it's tapes. And they say, well, what is this? And she says, this is everything. I wish. And they say, what do you mean? She said, we documented everything from when we 
first arrived. So they got there like two months ahead of time to set the whole thing up. So it's from the time they arrived all the way up until opening night. They have their own film, which sounds weird. They kind of explain that away later as they like to to document everything that they're doing just to have things to learn from for the next year's haunt. Which that makes sense. So they start watching this film, and that's most of what we see in the movie. All of this has just been set up to the found footage of Hell House LLC filming themselves through the entire process of setting up this year's haunt. It starts like, what, two, two and a half months before? Yeah, it starts in, in like late August, I think. Yeah. And then it picks up, uh, it takes us all the way up till October 8th, which is opening night, which we all know didn't go well. Right, right, right. So we're introduced here. This is, uh, as we're watching this film, we cut back and forth to more of the interviews that they're doing with other people out uh, around the town, um, including Sarah, while Mitchell takes the film to another room. She sends him to another room to start reviewing the tapes. So we're introduced to the staff of Hell House LLC, which are our main characters in the film. So we've gone this long into it, which it took me a while to explain, but that all of this really takes place in like five or ten minutes of film time. So we're introduced to the Hell House LLC staff, which is our main characters in the film. We've got Alex, who is the owner, started the company, which is kind of a cool idea. That would be awesome if that was your company. Every year you set up, you found different locations to set up your home. Yeah, that would be that'd yeah, be, that'd be, cool. that'd be awesome. Yeah. So I mean, Alex I is... I can think of other, other business ventures you could do that with, like gentlemen's clubs. <laughs> <laughs> Every... A haunted gentleman's club. <laughs> I don't know how it's going to work, but no one's thought of it. People are into weird things. So Alex is the head of the company. He started the company. His girlfriend is Sarah. So she's the one that's um, being interviewed. She's the one that showed up out of nowhere. She starts um, off normal. Oh, they do. They all do. And we get good character development, too, which I appreciate. And immediately, I mean, within within 10 seconds, you can tell that, okay, well, Sarah's completely different now than she was at that time. Because she seems normal. They're joking around. They're traveling to the Abaddon, Abaddon Hotel, which they, I, I guess they're from the city. And they're traveling to Abaddon, which is in upstate New York. So this is out of their element. Did uh, I? It looks like the word abandon. Yeah. <sighs> Abaddon I- is... The supposed demon to the gates of hell. He's a prince of hell. Um, Oh, wait. So he's like the bouncer? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. um, What'd you do to get that job? uh, How many people do you have to Um, kick out? Right. uh, (laughs) Right. (laughs) I want to say that I read. the lowest job on the rung. You're out of here. Do you want to see me eat this banana? (laughs) Oh, no. No, thank you. That's I, I, what he says before he lets you in the club. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> Is it a dirty banana? <laughs> it's that, old. <laughs> so, um, I want to say that I read somewhere that this was actually filmed at the Waldorf Hotel in Pennsylvania. No kidding. Yeah. So it's like really, yeah, it kind of, yeah. It kind, it, you How did right. they make it look so? Run down because it is run it is down. Run down. <laughs> oh, it's, a, it's an actual haunted hotel. Oh, okay. I've, I've I could be hotels. mistaken, but that's the, that's, cool. that's what I read. I believe it if yeah. that's true. I didn't read that, but I, I would believe it because it kind of looks like it. I guess. Yeah. So they're traveling. So we've got Alex is the head of the company. Mac is kind of his business partner, like his friend. That's kind of the second in command, I guess. 
I guess he would be the CFO, as it were. Yeah. Like he I, seems to yeah. always be concerned with the financial side of things. Um, and then you've got Paul, who uh, does most of the filming, setting up cameras, that kind of thing. And then... Is there the guy tech guy or something? Yeah. Tony is fifth member. He's in charge of like um, the, the all the techie stuff, the electronics and the computers and all that. Oh. So we first are introduced to them going to the hotel. You pick up pretty quickly that Mac and Alex are they're not in charge because they they aren't they don't seem to goof around nearly as much as the others. Right, um, probably have more at stake. And as we find out later, there's. Some money issues. Some, yes, that they're not telling the rest of them going on. There's some some financial woes that are happening with the company um, that the others other members aren't privy to. But they arrive at the hotel. It's obviously abandoned. Pretty gross. Pretty musty, dirty. Alex is excited because he said, "Look, half the work's done already. It's what it's supposed to look like." And the others are kind of complaining about how run down it is. And Alex makes a good point of like, "What's what it's supposed to look like?" There's pee literally. Standing pee on the floor right now. Oh, that was me. Sorry. Um, I'm so scared. <laughs> Alex likes them to document everything. We find out. Which in, in found footage films, there's always some reason that they're always filming. Yeah. This is the production explanation footage. in this movie is that Alex wants them to film everything as they're over the time that they set things up just so they can put stuff on the DVD. Yeah, put stuff on the their website and, you know, use it to review and get better for the next year, whatever. That's all I need, though. At least they gave some kind of explanation. Works right. for me. Yep. It's pretty creepy right from the get-go, though. would definitely be a place to that I think would work for a haunt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, uh... The basement. The first time they go to the basement, there is a pentagram drawn on the wall. Which you leave. Always you a bad. Always a bad sign. Well, this was a bad choice. Yeah. That's not the Star of David. <laughs> no. And there's and there's Bibles all over the floor. Yeah. Right, but and where they're it's a hotel. Is, the, 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 yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, there's, right. yeah, there's there's a Bible in every room at hotels. Yeah, so yeah why, but every but Bible why is in, are the they in the basement. Yeah. So Alex is already kind of laying out his plan. Down here in the basement's going to be kind of their main attraction. Um, they're going to have a damsel in distress chained to the wall, and a She's row of clowns sitting against kind of this side wall. So, the clowns play quite a role in this movie. There should never be a clown in So, they've movie. got these life-size clown dummies. Yeah. They are creepy. Oh, yes, they are. They're going to be sitting on the wall, sitting along an adjacent wall down in the basement while there's a girl chained down there. Their main complaint at first when they're setting these clown dummies up is that their heads don't turn. They can't get their heads to turn, so they're just going to kind of have to be facing off randomly into space. Yeah, well, uh, any clown. you know, just kind of, and that comes into play. Later, now, are, so. are, are these clowns that they brought with them from the last show, or are these clowns that's what I, that that's what I they thought. made? It sounds like they bought them. Okay, uh, that's the way I understood. Yeah, it. Okay, because they did not fit all that in their little. Vehicle. No, no, and there's a couple <laughs> different scenes where they talk about oh, such and so went to the city to buy Pick more up supplies. Yeah, oh, okay. Supplies. That's right. Okay. Things are going relatively normal at first. There's a, a scene where they're standing around the bar in the hotel, having a good time. We get more character development, which, again, the, the problem with a lot of these movies, they don't do enough character development. And character development, to me, is huge because if you're not relating to the characters, it's not nearly as effective when right. scary, horrible Because you can't see yourself doing that. Right. So you usually find 
a character that you mostly relate to or even multiple characters that you can relate to. And then when things are happening to right. them, you're transported into their perspective right. thinking. Oh, well, I pissed I my pants situation. in the hallway before. Right. <laughs> yeah. Don't act like you have a John Till. So oh, no, we'll, we'll move around here. So things, we just get a lot of this um, that we don't need to go into too much. It's a lot of character development, which is important to the movie, but it's not really crucial to us explaining what, what's happening here in the movie. Paul's kind of the slacker of the group. He seems to be the one that does most of the filming. He'd be the Tom Sumkowski of the group. <laughs> yeah. You always know the person in found footage films that's doing the majority of the filming because they're the character that when they pop up, on the other side of the camera, you're like, wait, who is that? Yeah. I mean, he actually several times doesn't help with something because he tells them, well, I can't help because I'm supposed to be filming. Thanks. So, so, has to be running. They get electricity running. Once they get the electricity up, the group starts staying overnight at the hotel. Bad idea. Oh, yeah. No. There is no way I'm staying no. at this place overnight. I'm sleeping in the car before I stay yeah. in there. No, 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 yeah. no. And, and. Oh, my gosh. As fate would have it. Sorry. I don't think it's a coincidence that they start staying overnight at the hotel, and that's when things, some weird happenings no. start taking place. No. Um, Anytime you find a pentagram in the basement of where you are, you just leave the location. Why that's would just you sleep a, there? I mean, like, as soon as they get there, it's just like a, a, a cavalcade of red flags, like yeah. a red oh, yeah. flag parade going down the, right. the road. Yeah. Yeah, Paul, no. uh, there's a piano in the hotel, so they set up a like a, a zombie-looking mannequin at the piano. There's one scene where Paul's playing a very creepy tune on the piano, which, especially if you watch the sequels, that tune yeah. comes back over and over again. There's a scene where Paul is filming himself in, a, in his room. He's kind of recapping kind of where they're at. He's almost doing like a... Video a, diary. A blog. Thank you. Blog. A video journal. Yeah, he's doing like a, at night... And this was the first, I'd say the first odd thing that happens is he goes to, uh, he's talking into the camera from his bed in his room and you see a figure kind of pass and stop behind him where he's not looking. And he eventually senses that something's back there and he turns around and we don't ever see who it is, but it's apparently Sarah. And he's asking her if she's okay. Are you sleepwalking? He's like, are you sleepwalking? And slowly turns and walks out. I don't think that was Sarah. Well, see, I yeah, I didn't think it was either. We don't see who it is. No, but it's it uh, I mean, you can see the Sarah. silhouette. But right. here's the here's my thing though. This becomes not that I feel like they did too good of a job making this believable. There's no way if he didn't know for sure who that was that he'd have just been like, oh, whatever. And just, yeah, go, and just, just roll, roll over and go to sleep. Right. I'm getting like up. He, I'm he, getting up and checking. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like unless he clearly saw that it was Sarah and she just stood there and then turned and walked out, then it would. You know what I mean? He's like, hmm, must be squirrels. I think he, I think <laughs> even though we couldn't yeah, see very nuts. well, I think he could see that it was Sarah. Right. And we are seeing things from his camera, so maybe he can see a little better than that's we what can. I'm, that's what I'm thinking. But no reason to get too caught up on it. But but I, I did wonder that. I wondered, is, does he actually, can he make out who that is better than we can? And I, I believe he could because that's why no one's it. just going to be like, oh, well, I think it was Sarah. Well, see you later. <laughs> But Paul's kind of the horn dog of the group, too, so I wonder what he was thinking when he's v- recording this, and here comes Sarah walking into his room. Oh, you found yourself a wild one. <laughs> See, I think, I don't want to I don't want to get out of order here. There's just a lot of um, clips put together of them setting, every time you're jumping ahead maybe a week at a time, where they're, you know, getting things set up, getting things ready, you know, you can tell the rooms that they've 
been working in have a lot of bloody looking mannequins in them. So as far as that goes, it looks pretty awesome. The plan is so they've got a few actors that they've hired that are going to work for them. One of them is the girl that's going to be chained up in the basement. Um, they have cameras that are set up in every single room, so they've got eyes everywhere. Uh, you know, cameras set up everywhere so they can see it. The entire house, the only uh, the entire hotel, the only place they couldn't get Tony couldn't get a camera set up was down in the basement because of the thick stone walls. They couldn't get um, signal down there. No, so you're, they, you're running a hard line down right. down there, yeah. right? But or at least putting a film camera. Down well, the plan. Oh, right. The plan then to make up for that is that one of the actors they're going to put in a clown suit and sit next to the dummy clowns down there because that's where you've got your half-naked damsel in distress. And that's right. probably the place you would most want to make sure you had a camera. Right. Hard telling what creeps coming through there. And and as you find out, well, that, it worked like, really well. Yeah. You, yeah. you uh, he helped a lot. should have vetted these guys yeah, a little better. I'm going to Abaddon because yeah, I heard so they've got the guy that's going to be wearing a clown costume and keeping an eye on. Who they found at a gas station. Right. Yeah. Yes. As far as vetting goes, yeah. yeah exactly. Good That's job. probably the so, best guy you're going to find, though. Maybe my favorite scene of the movie is here. We get a good layout of the... We get a pretty good feel for the layout of the hotel just by how how much we've moved around from room to room to room in uncut shots, right? Yeah. So we're getting a pretty good layout of the hotel. Paul walks through the room. Mac is sitting, reading a book on the couch. He tells Paul that um, Alex and Sarah went back into the city to get some supplies. Paul says, have you seen Tony? And Max says, I don't know. I don't know. He's around here somewhere. So Paul, who's still filming, walks back through the hallway, walks through the dining room, and turns the corner to the landing area that leads down to the basement. And when he turns the corner, the clown, one of the clowns is standing at the top of the stairs. Looking down. Looking down, down the stairs. Into the and so void. it makes it startles Paul and goes, "Oh, jeez, man, Tony, you scared me." So he's assuming this is Tony, which again, I mean, how would Tony have done that? Like this is it's the actual one of the clowns that's if he moves, shoot him in the head. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's looking down the stairs. He's like, "What are you looking at down there?" So he uh, there's nothing down there. And when he turns back to the clown, the clown is now turned and looking at him. So that makes him jump again. Just his neck. Yeah, just the, like, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, his well, his just, body's his facing the turned. same direction, but his neck's turned towards him. Doesn't say anything. So he's like, all right, Tony, whatever, you weirdo. So he walks back through, you know, down the, through the dining room and down the long hallway to where... To the voyeur. Yeah, the foyer, right, where uh, Mac was on the couch. Mac's still on the couch, and Tony's sitting on the other side of the couch now. He's just come in from mm-hmm. the other side. And then he starts freaking out. He's like, so, how did you do Paul's that? He's freaking out. He's saying, wait a second, Tony, how are you here? You were just over there in the clown costume. He said, what are you talking about? So he sprints back down to where he saw the clown looking into the basement. The clown's no longer there. So he runs down into the basement, and that clown is now sitting on the floor back where in the it was basement. originally. And he kind of goes up and, and is messing. It's a, it's a dummy. It's not. And I don't know if this was a, a clever editing thing, but it looked like a single shot. Huh. Yeah. Like, you Agreed. know, so, yeah. so so it went from, you know, he's, he's looking down the basement, went back. The clown's looking at him. He runs down the hall, looks at. That Tony's in the other room, comes back, and it's gone. Yes. So somebody actually, while he was gone, actually moved everything. And not only it was that, all so one you would shot. think, well, someone's, okay, because it didn't really make sense for that to be anyone in that clown costume. Because right. these are pretty heavy-duty. For dummies. Dummies. Prosthetics. Right. And, yeah. So, but when he runs back down there and 
pushing on the dummy or pushing on the clown. It is just a dummy. And we have already established that they cannot turn their heads. So how this thing was staring down the stairs. And then when, when he looked away, it's it turned and is looking at him. That should not be able to happen. And so obviously, he, you know, it, a situation like that, they probably could have had two dummies. And just like, you know, there's one that was in the basement. It, it was always in the basement. And then they had the other dummy that was up the top of the stairs and they just pulled him to the other room. You mean in the movie or someone? Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like as far as movie magic goes. Well, right. right. But I mean, for these yeah, people. But in these people, that, yeah. He, it was at the top of the stairs and then it went downstairs. So he shows them. He gets the whole group together and shows them the footage of this, which of, of course, obviously is what I would be doing. Right. No one's going to believe him. And they still don't believe him. They say, I don't know how you did this, but it's a funny prank. And he's like, why, why, they why, don't believe him. And they Paul's the proverbial boy who cried wolf. Apparently, oh. he pranks them all the time when they do these haunts. And so they don't they don't believe him. Yeah, right. but I'm like over thinking like no one's going through that much trouble to have an actual panic attack because you I thought you were here and I come in here and you're there. And then I go back down and this thing is sitting here. You could genuinely tell that he was like freaking out. Oh, yeah. To just to sell it? Just to sell right. the prank? Right. That's pretty good acting. Give this guy an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Paul. He's always in. He's always getting the worst of all this he really is. stuff happening. There's a, a, a not not long after this, he and Tony are testing out the strobe lights in one of the hallways where they're going to have some dummies set up, right? I oh. think there's two or three of them in there. Let's say there's three. I think there's three. And yeah, so, they said three freaks. Three, that's there. right. Three freaks. That's what they call them. These dummies. These guys and it's, it's down this hallway, freaks. and so as the strobe lights are going off, you can just see the silhouettes of these dummies that are kind of placed in certain certain areas. And so they're testing out the strobe light, so Paul is in the room filming while Tony goes to turn on the strobe light. So he turns on uh, on the walkie. He tells him, okay, I'm getting ready to turn the, turn the lights off and turn the strobe light on. So he does, and have these these lights are going off you know, intermittently every you know, like two seconds. There's a big flash of light. Yeah, enough to give you a seizure. Oh yeah, yeah. Be if you if you have a epilepsy, you're gonna want to be careful with this yeah, movie. Right. Almost Fair like, warning. I almost thought you were gonna say hallucinogens. <laughs> like, if you're tripping on acid, don't yeah. watch this film. <laughs> Make sure you look a toad. <laughs> As these lights keep going off, it's it's hard to see, but it's becoming more and more clear that there's not just. Three freaks, as they call them, right? Because he even radios to Tony and says, hey, how many freaks did we have down here? He says, yeah, three. There's three freaks. And he's looking, and very clearly there there appears to be a fourth. See, I'm not even asking asking or calling back on that question. Yeah. I know how many were down here before I got there. John right. tells out the door yeah, before I the walk that up, talk, he boom. hits the floor. And it, yeah, I mean, so see, that's, I see four, gone. So you can see how, <laughs> it's just, I don't know, this this worked so well. I thought these they didn't use big budget scares there's not you know exploding body parts and it's just little subtle things like this where it's you know how they use the camera how much money did they spend on this movie did probably we? not much just because i know paranormal activity it was like what yeah. like twenty five thousand dollars, and they gross like a few million hundred million there's no way that's possible are you serious yes all right so i know it was in the tens of thousands of dollars that they paid to do it so that uh Gets Paul out of there pretty quickly. <laughs> so things are getting, Paul's getting more and more um, concerned. There's something going on here. I don't like what's going on here. Alex is the constant, everything's fine. You're, you know, this place is just playing tricks on you. Alex is going overboard with assurance that everything is okay. 
Yeah, because he doesn't like want even this he should be concerned. Part. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, we we we've still not really circled back around to that. They've sank all their money into this place, and everybody else that is not privy to that knowledge, if this place doesn't work, they're belly up. So he would want <clears> to have that attitude. Like everything's fine. There's no holes in the ship. <laughs> oh, we're still floating. <laughs> they wake up in the middle of the night. There's, Paul, there's a hole in the again. ship, and there's holes in the bucket that you're trying to bail out. Sharks all around us. Yes. They all they all sleep. Um, all their rooms are upstairs. So the main levels where the haunt and then the basement upstairs is where they all sleep. So Paul wakes up one night to a sound, and when he looks down the stairs, here's our clown again standing about halfway up the steps. No, see again. Shoot on sight. <laughs> whether it's a flare gun or a real gun or a BB gun, you're getting shot if you're a clown and you just appear out of nowhere. Whatever gets the job done. I'll take that red rider and go upside your head. Clown bullets, when you fire them, do they go... <laughs> Mac wakes up as well. Still thinks Paul's playing a prank. Paul's oh my gosh. Insisting. Oh my gosh. Every <laughs> freaking time. I hate this movie. Paul is insisting that he's... Uh, this is not him that did this. So Mac goes down the stairs to check on this dummy. Here's how you check on this dummy, right? The knife. Yeah, so he walks up and, and, and like slowly reaches out and touches it and realizes, yeah, it's just the dummy. It's not a person. It's a, no, here's what I'm doing. If I'm going and checking on that, I'm going about three steps above it, and I'm putting a foot in its chest as hard as I can. <laughs> yes. Because if it is a dummy, no harm done. And if it's an actual person that's messing with me, they're getting... Uh, donkey kicked in the chest. Yeah, like, like you don't go down and slowly like touch its face to see if it's real or not. Man, what if I'm gonna find out if it's real by breaking its sternum. Like, whoa, 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 man! Our, hey, hey, you got me. Yeah, you exactly. Got minimum, me. exactly. Minimum, I'm taking a baseball bat. I'm just me. gonna leave. I didn't know you were psychotic. It is the dummy. It is just the dummy. So they carry it down the stairs. Sarah's down at the bottom. Uh, she's down in the kitchen, I think, at the bottom of the stairs, staring at the wall. Speaking gibberish. Nope. Sleepwalking, apparently. So they wake her up, get her to calm down. This must already be a thing for her, for them not to be panicked. That, oh, she's sleepwalking. Right. They must have already known that she sleepwalks. They turn around, and uh, the clown that they set off to the side, that they took down the stairs when they saw Sarah, they left the clown against the wall. And when they turn around, the clown's gone. Should have kicked it. Right. So they decide to explore some more, I guess. So it's all Sarah. Yeah, Sarah's the, the one doing this. But if there is a person that, let's say you go to the extreme, just because, like, all right, things have been weird, that clown's moved again, and you just, like you said, with the baseball bat, yep. you just, like, start hitting it, and next thing you know, it's a person. Are right. you wrong? Like, is that murder? Going Robert De Niro, untouchables on him. Right. I, I don't even know the charge you would get, because, like, you shouldn't be scaring people like that, nor should you be breaking and entering into this place that we've leased. Yeah, as they're walking through the hallway, they go to the dining room where it's kind of got stuff strewn everywhere, how they have it set up. And then they turn around for just a second. And when they turn around again, the dining room has now all been set up like for dinner. There's like lit candles and everything. Nope. They're doing all that. But so they're trying to get out of there, plate. going through the hallways to, I don't know why they're not heading for the exits because that's where I'm going. <laughs> I think I'm turning, I'm turning to the person next to me and saying, are you seeing this? And if they're seeing it, I'm getting out. And the clown appears again. Yeah, I'm out. The clown's never moving, but it just keeps popping up in different places. But eventually it comes out in a chef's apron and hat and it's serving you spaghetti. (laughs) No no thanks. He's got got a silver platter with a cover and he just uncovers a severed head. (laughs) Of steam. Nope. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm fine. I'm full. 
<laughs> so at this I had point, peppered head for lunch. He said I swallowed a big June bug. <laughs> Paul Paul is is ready to be done. He and Alex have a big fight where Alex basically says, "Look, quit trying to scare me. If you if you keep this up, the actors are going to hear you and they're going to quit." Well, they should. All <laughs> right. <laughs> And yeah, I'm waiting for the problem. Right. Paul's doing another one of his video diaries. This might have been the scariest part of the movie. And oh, yeah. yeah, he goes to sleep. He wakes up and turns the camera light on himself. But sitting against the wall in his room is a woman in a nightgown. Uh, not like in a good way. Either. He doesn't see it at first. He um, picks the camera up and it's not turns sexy. Around. No, it looked like a psych word. Yes. Gown. Yes. So he sees it, pulls the cover. Pulls the covers up over his head immediately. Um, As you do. Right. He's still got the camera rolling. Pokes the camera out from under the covers, and now the figure is turned and staring at him. So he go, he pulls the covers back again, and when he peeks out again, you see it starting to stand up against the wall. No, I'm knocking you out. Yeah, so he goes back under the covers, and this last time he peeks out of the covers, it's, it right up, it's right up on him. So then he just it kind of screams, the camera goes out. No, because I think the best way to respond to that. I was wondering what you were doing in the situation, Chantel. Oh, no. I'm uh, Because at this point, I have to outcycle you. Right. So, like, I'm like, oh, <laughs> you're doing this? Well, I'm going to do this, you know? <laughs> and I'm charging you and screaming something, you know, <laughs> crazy. But, like, I'm going to freak you out. Oh, I shouldn't have come in this room. Damn, is right? That, is that Klingon? <laughs> Are you speaking Klingon? <laughs> oh, yeah. Hope you enjoy the victory with one freaking eye. <laughs> yeah, but that's all you can do. You have to outcycle them. I, that's right. That's a, that's. So you're going down swinging. I'm not what you're saying. I'm not peeing on myself because I'm scared. <laughs> you're not. You're I'm not crazy. <laughs> you're, you're peeing on yourself to out crazy then. <laughs> I am in complete control of my bladder, and I am choosing to do this. <laughs> you don't fight that guy. <laughs> you don't fight. You don't. You don't fight the guy that consciously urinates no. on himself. No, no. See, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not peeing on you. You're allowing me to pee on you. Yeah, that's horrible. You just crap your pants. And start throwing it everywhere. Start, start smearing it on the wall. What are they gonna do? No person, psychotic or otherwise, is gonna mess with a person that's covered in their own it excrement. Was, it, it was a. Uh, um, That's gross. Sometimes I like to build little race cars out of my poop. <laughs> He's like, That's not mad. That's just sick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you just gotta out. You, you just gotta, gotta out, out crazy them. Yeah. Gotcha. So the next so morning. Like you get up out of the bed and you start dragging them towards your bed and trying to wrap them in the sheet. They go, what are you doing? But you're not gonna get me. I'm gonna get you. <laughs> So the next morning, Paul is missing, obviously. They think he's bailed. Did we watch him get dragged out of that room? No. Okay. No, it just it just kind of, the camera went out. Mac, in particular, thinks that Paul is bailed on them because he's unreliable. Mm, no, I think he's... Well, he flaked on us for like three days in New York. In 2005. In 2005, yeah, or wherever it was. 11 right? years ago? <laughs> yeah. No, this is 2009, so... It oh. You're still years. holding that against them, man. <laughs> get, your, get your life in order. Like, do you stay awake in bed at night thinking about the time he was gone for three days and you didn't just, have... Just stewing. <laughs> just, he, he, like, comes Leave back to dead. them. And it's like, what is that movie with uh, James Woods where he's, like, sitting at the dinner table in the dark? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I'm still <laughs> losing sleep over that incident. <laughs> Piece of stool. I made dinner for us. <laughs> So they wake up again in the middle of the night. Uh, Tony and Mac hear piano music playing, and it is the same eerie tune that Paul was playing on the piano early in the film. So they think it's Paul messing with them. So they go down the stairs, and as they get closer to the front room where the piano is, the piano music stops. So they stop, and they hear as soon as they hear the piano music again, they run into the room, and there's no one sitting at the piano except for the zombie dummy, which has been there all along. Hector. Yeah, as Paul called him Hector. Right, not even. (laughs) There's no way that someone could have been sitting there playing. In the the amount of time it takes them to get into that room, there's no way someone could have gotten up and and ran off. No. So, unexplained. They go to, uh, they they then hear screams coming from the basement, so they run into the basement. Why would you run to where the screams are coming from? No. You're a superhero? Particularly when they're coming (laughs) from that basement. There's a pentagram on the wall. And there's screams coming from the room where there is a pentagram drawn on the wall. They're like nope. thinking they're, it's a rave. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> it's a party down there. <sighs> so they, they, they think it's Paul's voice. So they, they go running down to the basement. There's nothing down there except for the clowns sitting on the floor like they have been. And uh, there's a walk-in fridge down there. So they, uh, Mac opens it up to look inside. And as he look, walks into the walk-in fridge, Tony turns and all of the clowns' heads are now turned and facing them. Nope. Which, again, as has been established, well-established in this movie, those clowns' heads do not turn. They're unable to get the clowns' heads to turn. But all of them are now turned and facing them. So Tony freaks out, runs into the walk-in fridge, and closes the door. Mac, who's kind of the uh, always skeptic of all of these things, is trying to get Tony to calm down. And they go back out of the fridge um, against Tony's wishes. And all of the clowns are now facing forward again. Okay, there's no more skepticism at this point. You're you're witnessing this. They then see against the adjacent wall, Paul sitting on the floor. Now, now just to to paint a little picture, these are like, like like we said, they're creepy clowns. Like they have like, like they they said that, you know, the quote unquote good clowns, they always have like soft edges. All these clowns have sharp edges. One of them is like got black and white paint on its you face. Sharp edges. One of them has like a distorted mouth that's all like cattywampus. Sharp and teeth. Sharp teeth. And they all have blood coming have from blood their, their, their eyes and their mouth right. and, and everything. They're really creepy looking. So, so they find Paul, but he's not responding. He looks like he's asleep. They get him to open his eyes, but he's not responding to anything. The next morning, um, it cuts to Tony arguing with Alex and Mac in the basement. Tony's done. Tony's like, I'm out of here. There's no way. You've got to shut this down. They're, how do you explain their heads turning? We know their heads don't turn. You, I showed you on the film. Hatton, it's solid. Right. right. Alex, is, solid Alex is like, well, I haven't figured that out yet. No, there's nothing, there's nothing <laughs> to figure out. Except for where to get gas to get out of right. the town. That's right. the only thing you should be figuring out. Leave everything you even brought into this place because it's tainted. Yeah. The Abaddon, Texaco. That's that's where we're going. Yep. And then yep. we're going back to the city. Yep. They have a Texaco in New York. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. They need to. They don't. Tony Tony is, is literally telling Alex, like, I'm done. I'm not doing this. You guys do whatever you want, but I am out of here. He he actually has what I feel is the most genuine reaction because that that's where I'd be at. I, I'm no, no, I'm not. I don't care. Yeah, I'm fire me. I don't care. I'm not doing this. You're not. You're, this is for again a month at best is how long this is going to last. Right. How much money am I yielding? Right. Like, to have psychological problems and 
eternal yeah. torment. Yeah, like, like no, there's n- you're not paying that much. I'm out of here. I'm going to Rochester where they really do things. <laughs> Mac, if I wanted to go through Hell House, I'd go over to California. Right. Tells Tony. It cuts out what the, he actually tells him, but it's it's pretty clear that he tells them that Alex has invested their money in this, the company's money in this place. Is how I understood it. Yeah, but as a business, he's the CFO. Or I don't know if they call it that, but basically, he's kind of the business side. of How things. do you respond? The founder after, after like see, you're tough. Sorry, I mean, and you're, it's out, you're out. You're out of money. It's explained from some of the other interviews um, that it seems like all of the members were just loyal to Alex, which is why they stuck around. I think Alex and. One of the others were friends, like in high school. Yeah, they, they've and known then, each other for a long time. Right, they've, right. Yeah, they've known each other a yeah, long, long time. And if we didn't establish this, I mean, these are, are young people. They look like they're probably right. in their late 20s, early like, 30s. Yeah. Alex uh, or Tony agrees to come back. Matt convinces Tony to come back. And really, Tony's not happy about it, but he's whatever Mac has told Tony, Tony feels... He has no choice. Well, he just told Which tells me, pretty much, I think, I think if this haunt is not a success the company's gonna go under yeah but all right so i'm trying to figure out the finances of this whole thing you work for a month you get that money and then you go live in mexico like what are you doing that this month of haunt is sustaining you maybe they all live in the, with their parents maybe oh well that makes sense too they're like get a real job <laughs> so at this point it, this is um we're we're at opening night when all of this happens when when tony quits and then comes back it's it's the day of opening night so tony comes back he and alex make amends and we now arrive at opening night so everybody's getting geared up things seem to somewhat be settling down a little bit besides paul who's done nothing but lay in his bed sleeping you'd think you'd be seeking some kind of medical attention for him yeah you would think so this was definitely well, the Abaddon Hospital. Not realistic. Like, they yeah, don't you, pay you, insurance. You, he's gone, and then he shows up in the basement, and he's literally not speaking, and he's been laying in his bed. Like, you'd be calling, saying, hey, we need to get him mm-hmm. to a doctor. Not if you dipped out on me four years ago for three days. They don't really <laughs> seem to care too much that he's... <laughs> You're still that mad? You won't. I'm thinking he has some sort of head injury is probably <laughs> right. what's going on. That's if why I'm still trying right. to rationally oh, right. explain things, he's got some he's sort like, of brain damage. Yeah. He's like catatonic. Had he been right. there those three days back in 05, I could have done something <laughs> for him. <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> this is that all over so, again. We're getting everything set up for opening night. So we've got our actress in the basement. She's going to be actually chained up. She is actually chained to this, uh, to a, like shackles hanging from the ceiling. See, um, that's a bad idea. Right. Yeah, the actor, the- there's an actor that's down sitting on the wall in a clown costume with the other clown dummies. His he he has the keys to the shackles, and he is keeping an eye on the actress, making sure that nothing too nefarious is happening. Which they probably didn't even have to pay him. He's like, I never get to look at pretty girls. Yeah, <laughs> ever. He doesn't look like someone that. No. no, and the fact that she's chained up in front of me, <laughs> like <laughs> this, this is the million bucks. <laughs> Not that he does anything. You guys but... don't even have to. I'll pay you. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a strip club. Do sir. I do? <laughs> Do I pay you now or or after? He's like, we're like, how far from New York City? I'm gonna write you a check. This check has my parents' name on it, but it's it, the money's good. I promise. You're not a cop, right? Because you have to tell me if you're a cop. But I'll even I will wear that suit proudly. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> well, he's in the corner viciously. But I'm not covering my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so, opening night is, is upon us. Everything seems to be going smoothly. Alex and Tony are in the, I don't know what you'd call HQ, probably. Mac is uh, wearing a GoPro camera, and he's kind of walking around to make sure everything's going the way that it should. Um, Sarah is also down with Mac. And then this is, this is it goes kind of quick here, so bear, bear with me. But we then are getting intercut footage from what we saw at the very beginning of the film. The uh, cell phone film? Cell phone video of, that's right, of, right. of the guests a group of the guests going in. So one of the things that we saw at the beginning that didn't make any sense without context, but um, our clown actor goes running past a group of guests that are still upstairs. The one that was supposed to be watching. Right. So without context, the well, and the guests have no context, but as as nor did we at the beginning, you see this clown running past them. And they're like, was what? that part of the show? Was that part right. of the... Is no, that's what randomly you get. running down the hallway, just runs right past them. Jokes on you, that no, that's what you bounce. get. Not vetting your clowns, <laughs> right? But now with context, obviously something's going on because the, the clown that's supposed to be spending the entire evening keeping an eye on the girl has now left. Yeah. So what's going Good on? Job. So then something's going on in the basement. So we eventually show what happens in the basement. We even though we can't see a lot of it, but. Another cell phone footage. She is screaming. There is a hooded figure in the back corner that's slowly walking toward her. God. She's yelling at the people, the guests that are coming down. She's yelling, help me, help me. Of course, it's a haunted house, so they think it's part of the show. She's yelling at them that this is not part of the show. Please get help. Please get help. Which, the in a lot of situations, is part of the show. Them who saying, is the is no worst person. character in this film. We find out later this person ended up surviving, but killed himself like nine days later. Okay. He Supposedly. gets up. He literally gets up. He has the keys to her shackles as this hooded figure is walking slowly toward her. He just gets up and bolts. He ghosts out of there. I think I would have done the same thing, guys. <laughs> you, wouldn't have, you wouldn't have gone up and tried to like unlock her shackles. All those people uh, down there, not I one mean, of them stayed with her. Wait, are no. there other people at down least, there? At least yeah, in, there's, like, there's probably like 40 people down the there in the basement. the problem is, at least... They don't know what's going on. No. Even, I mean, she's saying it's not part of the show, but he, um, I can even see him being like, yeah, I, this is a little extreme, but yeah, that probably, guy knows I, good I, and well. I probably would have saved her. That guy knows good and well. He just he just left her down there. Yeah. No wonder he killed himself. Oh, yeah. Like, you know what? I would, I would it, have totally it, it, it saved said her. this earlier, and we didn't say it at the time, but it, it one of the interviews is talking about him, one of the actors, and this is obviously who they're talking about. That survived, but he was found in his room dead like nine days later. He hanged himself. He was asked for comment, but would not comment on right. what happened. No. And then nine days later, what he, he saw. He so, was found. Because the, he didn't, I was a coward. The hooded figure, I, I guess, kills the actress down there. This is when people start running. Now we've got more hooded figures. This is all happening like really fast. Mac is now trying to escort people out because obviously something's going on, even though they don't exactly know what's going on. There goes the clown. Out of here. <laughs> the people, the no, several people the, he get. He had time. He had time. That's what I'm saying. So several people get in the basement get attacked by these black hooded figures. Sorry. Figures in black hoods. There you go. I'm not referring to their race. I'm not sure. Yes, no, I thought it was like an anti-KKK <laughs> or like no, the no, no. 
for the KKK on opposite day. So several people get attacked. So that's why everybody's trying to get out of the basement. Max leading people out. As he's leading people out, the door slams shut so he can't get out that way. He ends up finding Sarah. He gets a, a message from Alex that something's going on in the basement. So he and Tony, uh, he tells Tony to go to the basement because that's where the screaming is coming from. Tony goes to the basement and we see uh, as Mac is at the top of the stairs, a hooded figure is standing at the bottom of the stairs next to Tony. And as he's getting attacked, the door slams shut. Mac can't get the door open. So he runs, finds Sarah that go upstairs. They get up to the attic and they find Alex who's hanging by his neck. Uh, he's hung himself or he, uh, he's being hanged. Right. And, uh, we don't get context of if he did it or if. It was done to him. I think it was done to him. It seems like it. But as he's as, as they're trying to help him, more black figures appear in the attic, black hooded figures, and attack Mac. Camera cuts out, so we go back to our interview with Sarah. So that's, a, at this point, led to believe is the end of the footage. They say, well, what happened after that? Sarah says, I got, um, I got up, I went down from the attic. And I got to the main door, and at that time, the police had arrived. They say, so nothing happened to you from the attic all the way down the stairs to the main level and all the way back through out of the house? And she says no. It's a little unusual because everything is going on. She then says that she needs to rest. So they say, oh, you know, of course, can we get you a room here? Because they're interviewing her at a different hotel in town. And she says, no, I already have a room. I'm in 2C. Give me a couple hours and then you can come find me and we can we can continue the interview. So Sarah says as she's leaving, she tells them, have you guys been in the hotel yet? And the documentarian says, no, uh, we can't find a way to get in and, and we haven't been able to get permits to get inside to look around. And Sarah says, you, you guys should really try to get in there. No, I'm good. I'll After take your word for you it. Told me. I'm fine. <laughs> So they say, well, well, yeah, well, she goes, I'll, I'll talk to the guys and, and we might try. So they decide Mitchell's going to finish watching the footage. He only has a little bit left. And Diane and John are going to go try to get in to the Abaddon Hotel. So they stop at the front desk and they say, hey, if the girl that's staying in 2C stops by, tell her that we'll, we'll be back in about an hour. And the, the lady behind the desk says, we don't have our, our rooms aren't numbered like that. And, and so they ask she, about her. She's, she's randomly like English. Yeah, I, I she has a weird accent. Yeah, I, the uh, receptionist. Yeah. yeah, the receptionist. Yeah, I, I didn't catch that. I could, yeah. You can't. She's, yeah, well, Australian. Um, that's true. Our rooms don't have letters after them. Yeah, something. Yeah. It's like, um, what are you in Austria? It's like, like, like it, everybody it, it, it else. Sounds like had, a mundane detail, but it did, right. did bother me. It, it, it <laughs> just kind of just kind of came out of nowhere. Right. Not that there's a problem with accents. It's just no. like it just came out of out of nowhere. It's like everyone else speaks the same. It was all of a like sudden a, just, she had an accent and right. a speech impediment. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or that so the director did. She says, "Well, uh, her name's Sarah, Sarah Havel. Maybe um, I I heard her. I, I'm sure she said two C. But yeah, if you check her her name, and she says we don't have anyone under that name." They said, well, maybe she's staying here under a different name. I don't know. They said, never mind. She must be unlisted. Yeah. So John and Diane are going to the Abaddon Hotel. They end up finding a way in through the back. No, the front. Yep. Front open, right? Walk right in. Yep. Yeah. They do get in. They're looking around. Interesting to them that they're seeing things that are helping them piece together the story from what Sarah's told them. And she's Um, way too excited. 
Oh, Diane, look, all about oh, this. Look, it's the basement. Yeah, look, there's blood prints down here. Yeah, it's like, John's yeah. like, yeah, I'm not going down there. No, no there's no reason. Uh, no. Mitchell, who's finishing up watching the tapes, Sarah wasn't honest with them because it shows her pick up the camera after the events that happened in the attic. As she's walking downstairs, she walks past a couple of hooded figures that are standing off. Kind of a blink and you miss it. A couple of moments of seeing these hooded figures standing in different rooms. She gets down to the main level near the front door, and there's Paul. Paul's back. He's standing in the doorway. She puts the camera down. It's still facing them, so we can still see them. She runs up and gives Paul a hug because she's terrified. Uh, Paul, who's still seemingly catatonic, walks over and picks up the camera and approaches Sarah with it, beats her mercilessly with the camera. <laughs> Just starts raining blows over and over to, to onto Sarah. She Why falls. That's funny. Did that, why is that funny? <laughs> yes. She ran up and gave him a hug and his response to beat her viciously. <laughs> so she falls to the ground, face is bloodied. She's uh, uh, she's not dead, but she's close. Greg, we're brothers and that's never, in all the years that I've known you, when I've run up and give you a hug, did you just go to town <laughs> on my face with your fist? Um, or if you remember. Or yeah, a camera. Paul is, <laughs> yeah. So all we see is the camera's on the floor so we can see it's basically she's laying right next to the camera. She gets drug off. As Paul is still standing behind her at the wall. Yeah, so it wasn't him dragging her. He reaches down and picks up a sharp object and falls to the ground. He slices his own throat. Oh my gosh. That's. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. You didn't see it, but you could hear right. it. And as soon as that happens, you hear the police break down the door and the camera cuts out. We Curious, come back. right? Because, wait a second. If this happened to Sarah, how was she being interviewed by them? Ah. She definitely, I mean, even if this is years later, you'd think there'd be some kind of marks from the beating she just took. Yeah, she was uh, she, she was gurgling up blood. Yeah, she was yeah. violently beaten. Yeah. No, and she lets him. Actually, this is more on you, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you stood there so, and let him hit you in the head with the camera. So, of course, Mitchell sees this. He's going to want to warn John and Diane that, okay, Sarah, th- this isn't adding up. <laughs> the, so, we cut back to Diane and John still looking around the hotel. She gets a call on her phone from Mitch, and she says, oh, I'll call him when we're on our way back. No. That was the biggest mistake of your life. Yep. Right. You should have taken that call. So they go up the stairs, and Gosh. on the door of one of the rooms, it says 2C. And so and Diane's like, it, It's latched from the outside. Yeah, it's locked from the outside. So Sarah says, wait, 2C? She said 2C. You don't think she meant. No, there's no way. So she. This place is run down and abandoned. She is adamant that they go in. John's like, I don't think this is a good idea. Diane opens the door. Sarah is sitting on the bed facing away from them out the window. They go inside. Diane tries to get Sarah's attention, asks her if she's all right. Sarah turns and her face is now bloody. They try to run and the door slams shut. They turn back around and now there's hooded figures it's standing. Like six of them. Yeah. Surrounding Sarah facing them. Sarah's now standing up and all of the hooded figures attack and the camera cuts out. So this was actually the found footage. It kind of always was like a documentary within that's, a documentary. That's that. That's neat how they did that. And that's the end. And that's the end of the film. That movie gets a, a high flying B plus. I, I, I guess I'll give it five clown shoes. <laughs> There's a lot of talk of clowns in this. So that's out of only, how many? Out of seven. Why would you have an odd number? Wouldn't it be an even number? Well, I'm thinking about the uh, NBA playoffs coming up in July. They play to seven. So yeah, but they don't sense. win four and a half games. <laughs> well, 
you know what? I guess I have to <sighs> change this. You guys suck. <laughs> You're I don't an suck. idiot. You guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to give it three out of four clown noses. Honk, honk, honk. See, now that makes way more sense. But if you're talking clown noses, you now don't have to operate in even numbers. Yes. Oh. Right. Unless you count the nostrils. <laughs> Not if you count the gurgling sound. Uh, yeah, I liked it. It had me on the edge of the seat. I actually, B plus is, is where is where I was at too. I, I'm... I'm, I'm not going to give it an A. It's not. It's right. far from a perfect film, but I, this is for this, an indie film. This entertained. This thoroughly entertained me yeah. from start to finish. It really did. It's. A, it is a slow burn. I, I guess you would classify it as a slow burn because there's a lot of plot development, character development. Um, once we're kind of introduced to the to the crew, but there's enough at the beginning to definitely pique your interest and make you stick around to see what's going to happen because you know from the beginning something. Horrific is going to happen, and I will say I'm gonna I'm gonna say B because the ending, the payoff wasn't as good as the setup. I was a little confused. It was just there was too much happening at the end, and, and we just didn't get enough of what was happening at the end. Even though we can piece it together, I was kind of hoping to get a little more closure. Oh, but <laughs> the sequels clear that up, Tyler. Yeah. No, no, they oh, definitely said the sequels. We're not covering the sequels. No. They do get more into the history of the hotel. But they don't talk anything um, about what you want to talk about right? this one. It's just more of the same thing. And then it's like the, the second movie and the third movie is like, I'd say 35, 40% of the movies are flashbacks to this movie. Oh, yeah. So and just watch this movie. Yes. I cannot stress it enough that if you want to watch any of the sequels, watch the second one. But... Do not watch the third one. The third <laughs> one is, you know, do not. <clears throat> as much as I would stress not going in that basement, do not watch the third one. It is a waste of your time. Yeah. Again, though, I, I did very I wasted, much I wasted. I wasted my time to warn you not to waste <laughs> your time. But I, I very much enjoyed this movie. Uh, what was your cinema grade, Craig? I'd give it a solid B. It's not a B minus, not a B plus, right, right in the middle. It's just not a, like you said, not a great movie. But for a a small you know, kind of kind of indie film, I would say it was it was a good movie. But yeah, the, those those sequels were just <laughs> this sounds bad, but I may have given it a B plus if I didn't know where the, the <laughs> where the movie is going to go. After seeing, yeah, actually, the That's sequels funny. knocked yeah, it's this so one bad. down a little. It's so bad. That's funny. Yeah, high uh, highly recommend for me if you yeah. if certainly if you're a found footage fan. Oh yeah, it's it's a high recommend. Even if you're not a found footage fan, or if you like snuff films, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of that in here. Uh, yeah. uh, do you oh guys do you guys recommend this movie? I do. I would. Yep. Um, it's it's worth it's worth your time to watch yeah. the first one. Um, it's entertaining. This it's is weird, one that I'm so scary. trying to avoid the screen. <laughs> it's it's hard. It's like literally that scary. If uh, it, if I found it on on DVD or Blu-ray, I would probably get it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's one of those. So let us know your thoughts. Uh, those of you that have that have seen this movie, tune in next week. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, send us requests. Scared Smithless Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter. Please subscribe and if you have done so already. Every subscription we get, an angel gets its wings. That's right. Oh, that's awesome. Where to go, Clarence? So subscribe for notifications anytime we launch new content. As always, stay tuned. Stay scared. Thanks for dropping by. See you.